amongst you on this wonderful spring day. Um, I always remember living in Scotland. I lived in Scotland for seven years. And um, it's very, very cold in Scotland. And in the church that I was part of, there was this old gentleman. He used to look at me, and I think he felt sorry for this Englishman shivering in the corner. And he said to me, Pastor, always remember, winter dies. Winter dies. And we thank God that winter does die. There may be times of struggle and difficulty that we go through, but when we come into the springtime and the summertime, it reminds us that we are people of hope. So I bring you greetings this morning uh, from Dagenham Elam in East London. It's, and it's wonderful, as I say, to be with you this morning. Now this morning I want to uh, speak about the importance of being an encourager rather than a condemner. I want to talk about the importance of allowing our words, our lips, to come under the discipline of the Holy Spirit rather than renting our mouth, our words to the devil. Don't lease your words to the devil because he extracts a very long lease. And I want to do so by looking at Barnabas. And we first read about Barnabas in Acts chapter 4, verse 36. But I'm going to read from verse 32 to set this verse in its context. So in Acts chapter 4, verse 32, we read these words. We're told that the full number of those who believed were of one heart and soul. And no one said that any of the things that belonged to him was his own, but they had everything in common. And with great power, the apostles were giving their testimony to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus. And great grace was upon them all. There was not a needy person amongst them, for as many as were owners of lands or houses sold them and brought the proceeds of what was sold. And they laid it at the apostles' feet, and it was distributed to each as any had need. Thus Joseph, who was also called by the apostles Barnabas, which means son of encouragement, a Levite, a native of Cyprus, sold a field that belonged to him and brought the money and laid it at the apostles' feet." Let's just bow our heads in prayer. Lord, I just pray this morning that you would give us the words of an encourager. Give us words of consolation. Give us words, Lord, that lift up the brokenhearted. Give us words that heal the wounds in our world this morning. We thank you for that you can call each one of us to surrender our voice our words, our lips, to your Holy Spirit. So this morning as we look at Joseph, we look at his life, we just pray, oh God, that we also would have that same spirit of Barnabas amongst us in the precious name of Jesus. Amen. Well, verse 36 mentions a Joseph. And this Joseph was given the additional name of Barnabas, and what we find that throughout the rest of the book of Acts, he is not referred to as Joseph, but he is referred to as Barnabas. 
And so we don't miss the importance of this change of name or this additional name. We're told that Barnabas means son of encouragement. But let us start, first of all, with the name Joseph. I'm sure all of us would agree that is a great name. Who would not want to be called Joseph? And we know the story of Joseph so well, how God spoke to him in great prophetic dreams, and those dreams spoke about his future. But before that future came to fruition in his life, Joseph had to go through many trials, many tribulations. But in the end, God's faithfulness came through for Joseph. So Barnabas was called by his parents, Joseph. And what they were doing as parents, they were saying that we want our son, we want our son to live his life after the manner of a Joseph. To know that God is faithful in all that he goes through. Who would not want a name like that? Who would not want to be called Joseph? We're also told about Joseph, an insight into his character. We're told that he was generous of heart. And he displayed that generosity, not just by feeling generous, but by actually doing something, by selling his land and giving the proceeds to the poor. So he wasn't mean-spirited. The apostles were able to discern that this Joseph had the character to back up the gifting. Often we talk about gifting, but the Bible talks as much about character as it does about gifting. There are the gifts of the Spirit and there's the fruit of the Spirit. There's the character and there is the gifting. So this Joseph... He had the character that was needed in the church. And so the apostles said, you have a new role to play in the church. You have a new ministry that we want you to move in and operate in in the church. And so you don't forget what that ministry is, we're going to give you the name Barnabas. And so that every time someone calls you Barnabas, it will remind you of what your ministry is. You know, God calls each one of us to a ministry. And it's very easy to forget that ministry. As we go through our life, as we face the challenges that we have to go through, it's easy to forget what God has called us to. And so Barnabas, you are Barnabas. Don't forget that you are a son of encouragement. Now this decision was not a private or personal decision made by Joseph. You know, often in life, all of us, we have to make private and personal decisions about our life, about where we're going, about our education and so on. But there is also that calling that God puts upon our life. And that calling that God puts upon our life can often cut through those personal decisions. So it was the apostles, the chosen representatives of the Lord Jesus Christ, who looked at this man and said, there is a ministry for you. There is a gift for you. And in so doing, this new ministry 
that Barnabas was now going to embrace was a ministry that was backed up by the power and the authority of the Lord Jesus Christ. So that when Barnabas spoke, he was speaking as a chosen vessel, as one whose words were going to be used by the Lord Jesus in mighty ways. So what was this new name? What does it, what does it mean? It was Barnabas. And we're told that means son of encouragement. It's as though Luke, when he wrote the book of Acts, he didn't want us to miss the significance of this. So he spelled out the name. It means son of encouragement. So let's just have a look at that phrase, son of encouragement. Let's look at that first bit, son of. It might be easy just to pass that over. What does that mean? But what it does, it indicates the source from which Barnabas is going to draw in his new ministry. That's what that, that phrase, son of. It says, where you're coming from. It's saying, where are you going to draw your power? It's saying that this is where you're going to get your resources from in order to minister in the life of the church. It was saying that Barnabas, that as you speak your words in the church, as you speak your words to the people that you meet in the church, you are going to draw from that deep well of encouragement and consolation and comfort that is found only in the Lord Jesus Christ. The apostles were saying, Barnabas, God is going to open a new well in your life. And God wants you to draw from that new well. Because it is a well that is filled with words of comfort. This is your new spring. This is your new source. This is your new ministry. This is your new name. This is your new power. This is your new resources. And they were releasing him and saying, Barnabas, go and be the man that God has called you to be. Now this moment, maybe all of us this morning, myself included, need to stop and, and ask ourselves this question, what source are we drawing from? What resource am I drawing from? When I speak, when you speak, we live in a world that is very toxic, a world in which people often draw from a well that is full of hatred and bitterness and anger and unforgiveness. And often when they speak, they speak out of the overflow of a heart that's full of bitterness and envy. But for Barnabas, the new well is a well that is empowered by the Holy Spirit. And for all of us today as Christians, we live in a time in which being a Christian... And living for Jesus has never been as important as it is today. The world needs the salt and the light that God would shine through us. So Barnabas, this is your name. 
this is what we want you to do. So that, that's what the word son of means. But let's look at the word encouragement. Now this word encouragement, it can be translated in a number of ways. It can mean consolation. So he is a son of consolation. It means to lift up someone's spirit. Mainly through words, but also through what they do. It means to exhort someone. It means to come alongside someone. To embolden someone. To be a son of encouragement is to be a person who goes around knowing that God has called them to speak words that strengthen the heart of others. And so we find in in our Bibles that this word encouragement can also be translated by such words as comfort, consolation, exhortation. Why is it important that we are sons of encouragement? Well, the first thing is to be godlike. God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. That word comfort is associated with the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. In 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 3, it says this, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies and the God of all comfort. Our God is a God of all comfort. With the Holy Spirit, in Acts chapter 9, verse 31, it says that the church throughout all Judea and Galilee and Samaria had peace and was being built up and walking in the fear of the Lord and in the comfort of the Holy Spirit. It multiplied multiplied, the comfort, the consolation, the encouragement of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit encourages us. Maybe it is in our own life that we've reached a point where we feel that we are very discouraged. Things have not turned out in the way that we wanted or we had hoped for. But there is a comfort and encouragement and a consolation in the Holy Spirit that the Holy Spirit pours in our life. And then in Philippians, it's associated with Jesus, where Paul says, if there is any encouragement in Christ. What Paul is saying is, yes, there is much encouragement in Christ. We don't have to speak out of the bitterness of what we have been through there is a comfort and encouragement that is found in Jesus. So, encouragement is to be godlike. It's also a gift of the Holy Spirit. Now, as, as Pentecostals, we tend to focus on gifts like speaking in tongues, prophecy, words of knowledge, and they're very important gifts. Amen, and thank God for them. And we might be tempted to think that the change of name from Joseph to Barnabas, and remember that Joseph was linked to prophetic dreams, so that the, 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 the change of name from Joseph to Barnabas was like a step down. That your name is being changed 
from a name associated with, with prophecy to a name that is now associated with encouragement. But encouragement is just as important in the church of God as any other gifts. We need all the gifts, not just one. So for Barnabas, the gift for him was the gift of encouragement, and that was not a step down. That was him fulfilling what God had for him. Whatever God has called you to, that's not a step down. It may not be the gift that you want, but it's the gift that God has given to you. And the gift that God has given to you can be used mightily for his glory. So the Spirit of God gives to the people of God the gift of encouragement. And through that gift, we can lift up the brokenhearted. And as Paul said, earnestly seek the gifts. And the gifts must be in operation in the body of Christ for that purpose of building up, to build up the body of Christ. And, it's, and the body, the church is built up, not just through preaching, not just through praying, not just through prophesying, but through encouragement. It's always very humbling as, a, as a, someone who preaches that you preach a sermon and you finish your sermon and you think, yeah, you know, I, I really nailed it this morning. And then as you go out the church, somebody says, pastor, pastor. And you think, oh, they're going to tell me what a great sermon, terrific sermon. They say, pastor, pastor, that was a great prayer you said at the end. <laughs> but you know, brothers and sisters, when we give ourselves to the Holy Spirit, when we give our lips to the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit chooses which words he's going to use to bring comfort to a particular person. And that's the real miracle of being involved in Christian ministry, isn't it? So all of us need to be, encour to be encouragers. We praise God this morning for the wonderful songs that we sang. That's encouragement. You know, it's often a song that can be the source of your encouragement. This is what happens when we surrender ourselves, our lips, to the Holy Spirit. Because he can take our lips and he can use them to lift someone up who's in a very difficult, hard place. And yet your words can make a difference. The word encouragement is associated with the Holy Spirit. Four times, four times in John's Gospel, Jesus refers to the Holy Spirit as the comforter. And the Greek word behind that is the word paraclete. That's the word paraclete. Now the word encouragement comes from exactly the same root. So paraclete, that's the Holy Spirit. Encouragement is paraclesis. As you, you can see, they sound very similar. Paraclete, paraclesis. The Holy Spirit is the comforter, the encourager par excellence. The Holy Spirit is the one who excels in comfort and encouragement. But you and I, that we can draw upon that encouragement 
that we can speak words paraclesis. Jesus said, I will ask the Father and he will give you another, sometimes it's translated helper, comforter. He will be with you forever. Isn't that wonderful that Jesus made that he will be with you forever? Now we might think maybe the Holy Spirit gets fed up with us. I'm sure at times he does. But Jesus said he will be with you not just for a few years, forever. Jesus says in John 14, verse 26, but the comforter, the paraclete, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things. The Christian life is difficult. There are moments when we have to walk through the valley of the shadow of death. If anyone tries to sell you a Christian faith that says once you become a Christian, all your problems are solved overnight, everything is wonderful, you never have any problems ever again. It's not true. There are, there are moments of real trial and struggle and hardship. There are hard places. But Jesus said, I will send to you the comforter. And he will speak words of comfort. So Barnabas, his ministry was to be in alignment with the Holy Spirit in speaking words of comfort. So let's just do, just do a few examples from the life of Barnabas in which that gift was actually in operation. Barnabas played a significant role in the life of the Apostle Paul. Now when we think of the Apostle Paul... We think of a man who was raised up by God to play an incredibly significant role in the Christian faith. He wrote 13 of the New Testament letters. There are 27 books in the New Testament. Paul wrote 13 of them. But Paul was first introduced to the church in Jerusalem by Barnabas. If you remember, Paul was saved and converted on the road to Damascus. But then Paul wanted to be part of, of, of the church. He wanted to go to Jerusalem. But what we're told is that the church in Jerusalem were afraid of him. They didn't want him to join. They must have said all sorts of things about this Paul, what he was like. And everybody wanted to keep him at arm's length. So who did God send to make the link? It was the son of encouragement. Barnabas went, he found Paul, he spoke to him, he encouraged him, he, he emboldened him and said, come along with me to meet the church in Jerusalem. And we're told in Acts chapter 9, verse 27, that Barnabas took him and brought him to the apostles and declared to them how on the road he had seen the Lord who spoke to him and how at Damascus he had preached boldly in the name of Jesus. So an encourager is someone who takes somebody and kind of links them to where God wants them to be. But also Barnabas encouraged Paul to fan into flame the gift that God had put within his heart. 
We're told that Barnabas went to Tarsus. That's where Paul lived. Paul had, had, had perhaps gone back to Tarsus, to his home city. And we're told that Barnabas went to Tarsus, he found him, and he brought him to Antioch, where the new church was starting. And it says, for a whole year they met with the church and taught a great many people. Barnabas took Paul and said, Paul, I want to fan into flame that ministry that God has given to you. I don't want it to lie dormant in your life. I want that ministry to be on fire for God. I want that ministry to bless the body of the Lord Jesus Christ. And it was Barnabas whom God sent because God knew that this man had surrendered his life. And then, just one final example, that when um, there was a new church that began in Antioch, the church in Jerusalem wanted to find out what was going on. So who did they send? They sent the son of encouragement. They sent Barnabas. And we're told that when Barnabas came to the church of Antioch, he saw the grace of God. We're told that he was glad and we're told that he exhorted them all to remain faithful in the Lord. And it says of Barnabas, for he was a good man, full of the Holy Spirit and of faith. He was a good man, full of the Holy Spirit and full of faith. He was an encourager. He lifted up the body of Christ. He spoke words of life. He came amongst them. Now, Barnabas could have gone to Antioch and pointed out the faults. You're not doing this the right way. Your services are too long or too short. You're allowing too much space for this person or that person. He went as an encourager to build on what God had done in Antioch. Brothers and sisters, let us not have a judgmental spirit. Let us not become like the Pharisees who were experts at criticism, who were the fault finders in the New Testament. We must not develop within our own heart that culture of judgment. Because if we live in that culture of judgment and of criticism, we'll actually find that it will take over our lives. And so that our default reaction to every situation, to every person, is to criticise them. And before we know it, we can't get rid of it. We can't get rid of it. Jesus says, judge not that you be not judged. For with the judgment you, you pronounce, you will be judged. And with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. They're really sobering words, aren't they? Jesus said that the measure of judgment that you extend to someone else, God says, okay, if that's your standard, I'm going to apply that to you. I'm going to apply that to you. Let us speak a word of encouragement to one another. Let us lift up the brokenhearted. Let us be those who fan into flame 
in another person the gift that God has given to us. Let us not lease out our tongue to the devil. Let us instead follow the words of the Apostle Paul in Colossians chapter 4, verse 6. He says this, Let your speech always be gracious. Season with salt, so that you may know how you ought to answer each. May God be with us this morning, brothers and sisters. May God give us this week and the weeks ahead that gift of encouragement that we may be able to build each other up. Amen. Amen. Amen.